Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pot on You Loons. Pot on You Loons. How are we all doing today? I'm doing good, man. I was I had some moments yesterday when I was I was pretty pretty nervous. You know, we'll talk about it more, but you know, I was definitely not looking forward to having to talk about Tiger King again. So I'm glad that that won't be on the agenda. Yeah, it's it's Wednesday, three o'clock right now. I was a little tired in the morning, not necessarily because the game went late. You know, it ended just a little after nine, but because how how do you sleep after that, right? Like it goes yeah. straight into PKs and PKs get you amped up, right? And then you try oh, to go so, jacked. so I'm I'm having a little uh afternoon Earl Grey right now to <laughs> make up for some of that sleep I didn't get last night. But it's all for good though, Sam. Because we did it. We made it past the champions of the tournament that were crowned before the before the tournament even finished. Yep. But no one no one believed in us ever. No. <laughs> I did like uh I don't know where I read it, but somewhere the guy that's heads Columbus or whatever so it was asked about Adrian's remarks, you know, when he talked about how, well, there have already been crowned. And he, he gave a quick, good quote to he's like, yeah, Adrian has a tendency to sandbag his team a lot. But what he's failing to remember, though, is that their team is good. So the fact that we've gotten to the point where, you know, it's no longer just self-deprecated Adrian Heath, like he's actually just sandbagging us at this point, right? Because we have, we're a known commodity, but <laughs> good outcome last night. No, it, it's just funny because Columbus was so hyped going into this and it really is a nice contrast between like the MLS media world and like, say, larger sports like the NFL or the NBA or, you, you know, like the big leagues in Europe, because the NFL, it's just around the clock coverage. You know, no NFL player can do anything without uh, a reporter watching them or taking note, right? And for that reason, the NFL coverage is just wall to wall and they tend to have to fill things with just silly little storylines like, oh, like who's going to be better this year, Belichick or Brady? <laughs> like, or <laughs> if, if, if Mahomes retires today, will be will he be Hall of Famer? Like I saw that. I saw that last week. Like what? What is this? This isn't happening. You know, or or like every off season, like this is the Cowboys year or <laughs> the John, Johnny Manziel's of the world or the Tim Tebow's of the world or the Colin Kaepernick's of the world. Right. Like that just all gets so much coverage because there's so many eyes on the NFL. Right. But then when it comes to the MLS, I don't think anyone's really paying that close of attention. So when they're writing stories about like, oh, who's favored to win? They just look at Columbus's, uh, you know, past three games. And they're like, oh, they won all of them. They're the <laughs> only team that won all three. They, they didn't give up a goal. Team. They're going to win it all. <laughs> We're going to hype up Columbus and we'll get into it. But, y- you know, the next team on our list is getting quite a bit of hype, too. So that's true. I, I, you know, if you think about it, right, like. I'd say that the two teams that have been getting the most steam, I guess, in this tournament have to be Columbus and San Jose. So we go from one Cinderella story to another. I guess yeah. Columbus Columbus really isn't a Cinderella story, but like two two kind of you know teams that have have been quote unquote dominating that weren't anticipated to do so. Yeah, exactly. Well, we do have a little bit of news to 
just touch <laughs> on before we get in? So during last night's ESPN broadcast, John Champion, the play-by-play commentator, he claimed that the transfer fee for Emmanuel Reynoso had been agreed upon between Minnesota United and Boca Juniors. And actually, at, at the same time, he mentioned that the DeBassi transfer was also in the works and soon to be announced. Do we believe any of that? Again, I think once we we see the guy holding up the jersey, I think that's when we know. But, you know, as we said, talked about before, that's kind of part, anytime that we play, that's going to be a part of the conversation, right? Like that's probably the top, one of the top bullet points of their notes is to discuss these transfers. But, you know, for him to say that it's been agreed upon, it must be true. But, uh, you know, I've, I, since since hearing that, though, like I'm looking online and I'm not really finding anything to back it up. So <laughs> we'll just hope, right? Well, and he didn't mention a source. Like, what if his source was that Boca in English Twitter account you follow? Like, <laughs> maybe, maybe. We, we don't know. Like you said, I also am not going to believe it until I see either of these players burn their mouth on the best Juicy Lucy in the Twin Cities <laughs> at the Nook in St. Paul. Yeah, none of this 5-8 club crap. None of that. Yep. It's got to be from the Nook, <laughs> and then I will believe it. Yeah, we had some back and forth, you know, through text last night. Man, John Champion, do you think he's sick of Taylor Twelman yet? Or do you think? <laughs> I, I do think he sounded sick of Taylor Twelman. I think we're all sick of Taylor Twelman a little bit, right? I think I put a couple of just quotes in the in the notes we might need to touch on. <laughs> but moving on with the news, uh, Juventus wins their ninth straight Serie A title. The English Premier League wraps up, and Manchester United and Chelsea join Liverpool and Manchester City as the four Champions League qualifiers from England for the 2020-21 season, assuming it happens. And forward Madison FC lost their first game of the season, 2-1 to one at North Texas. Of course, North Texas are the defending USL League One champions and the affiliate of MLS side FC Dallas. Forward Madison will host Greenville at their new home away from home on Friday, July 31st. But enough with the news. Let's get into our round of 16 win. So for the lineup that Adrian Heath rolled out with, it was the same 4-3-3 format we saw against Colorado with, of course, Molino injured and out of the lineup. We saw actually pretty much the same lineup again as we would have seen against Colorado, except for Amaria started up on top rather than Big Celery. In the goal, we had Tyler Miller. Our defense comprised of Gasper, Boxel, Aha, and Matinere. Our midfield was comprised of Dotson, Alonzo, and Gregush. Our attack was Lud, Amaria, and Finlay. And that was our lineup as we took on Lucas Zellerayan, Jesse Zardes, and the Columbus crew, who prior to this game won all three of their group stage games, outscoring Cincinnati, New York Red Bulls, and Atlanta by a total of 7-0. to zero. Crown them champions, right, Justin? I mean, I, that is impressive. You know, I, I, we could joke about it now, right? But, like, to not give up a goal in three games is, is super impressive, which made ha- the beginning of our game even more impressive, I think. Yeah, and, I, and obviously, like, Atlanta isn't the Atlanta they normally right. are. Now, yeah, in search of a new coach. Have they found one yet, Sam? Do you know? I didn't hear anything. 
but yeah, they, they don't have their coach. They don't have Joseph Martinez. So it's, it's not the same Atlanta that we've grown used to. Substitutions who made an appearance in the game were Ja'Cory Hayes, Marlon Hairston, Aaron Schoenfeld, and Raheem Edwards. And that was Ja'Cory's first, first appearance, right? I think? Yeah, at least yeah. first competitive appearance. He had, uh, everyone had made an appearance in those Portland friendlies. But. And then as far as unused subs goes, left on the bench, Kevin Molino, who of course is injured, James Musa, Brent Coleman, who just came back from suspension, Canadian Greg, Mason Toy, who I'm not sure on the injury status of Mason yeah. Toy. They haven't said much. You know, he was running around in training. But yeah, we haven't seen him since he he got hurt in a game. So, you know, hopefully hopefully it's just precautionary. But yeah, no news on that. Thomas Chacon, also an unused sub. And then, of course, 16-year-old Fred Emming, too. <laughs> So between an injured Kevin Molino, a possibly injured Mason Toy, and a 16-year-old that wasn't ever going to play, you know, these extra bench spots, maybe not incredibly advantageous to Minnesota. I wonder if how Fred enjoyed the pool party today. You know, how, how, how do you think Fred feels about when, he, you know, he's up with these all these like adult men, you know, at, at this bubble hotel? Do you think he's like just living it up, enjoying every minute of it? Or do you think he's just, what the, what's going on? Where, <laughs> where are the kids my age? I mean, I don't know what it's like to be a 16-year-old professional athlete, and I don't, uh, know, I don't know anything about this particular kid, but if I was 16 and I was locked down in this resort, uh, <laughs> if I was locked down in this resort for an extended amount of time, I imagine I would have just ordered a lot of room service. That's <laughs> But yeah, enough with the boring stuff, Justin. Let's uh, let's give a rundown of this game. Yeah, let's get into this game. So we had another predictable lineup, as I mentioned above, which drew significant criticism in the Minnesota United community. But then, actually, Justin, I'm going to pass this one off to you. What happened oh, next? Yeah. So I'm going to preface this by saying that I was really close to sending Sam a text message about how Robin Ludd was just not... He wasn't looking good. He had a couple missteps in the beginning, like he tends to do. But we had a corner in the 19th minute. The ball bounced around a little bit. And then Aha. So just also, it's just the two most perfect people for this. Aha sent a soft header towards Robin Ludd, who scored. That was, if you would have told me like the hookup that was going to happen, that would have been like the lowest probability in my opinion. But yeah, so two guys that have kind of received criticism lately, they come together to make a big play, you know, it pinballs around and they get the goal in the back of the net. <laughs> and, you know, it was, it was impressive. And it was, it was a really good feeling. And I'm sure you felt the same way, Sam, you know, 19th minute of the game to already have it be one, nothing, you know, goals are so hard to score in soccer in general to get one that early is huge. Especially against a team like Columbus who hasn't given up many goals in this tournament. Now, later in the game, referring to this play, this will be the first of a couple of Taylor Twelman quotes we're going to bring up. But <laughs> he was quoted saying, set pieces, it's what Minnesota does. Which, <laughs> which caused me to roll my eyes, you know, because we've been following the team for a few years. And it definitely wasn't what Minnesota usually would do. But right. <laughs> then we did a little research and it was seven of our 13 goals this year came off of set pieces. 
and I, I'm thinking back and I'm like, yeah, like in this tournament, there have been at least two off of corners. There is that, you know, Jan Grigish free kick that led to an own goal. I remember in the regular season, uh, Eichel Parra banged in at least two. Right. Amaria, one of Amaria's goal was a set piece. Oh, right. Right. So, yeah, I, I'm blanking on the seventh, but. <laughs> but maybe, maybe he's right. You know, maybe this is a new era of loon soccer, Sam. When you have uh, Jan Grigish just delivering so on point, it's going to just increase the probability. I, I do. I do think, I don't think we're going to have over half of our goals come from set pieces forever, but right now we do. And uh, I guess it makes sense. I, I didn't totally realize that. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's good though, right? Because what have we talked about this year? I know it's been a long time since we, we talked about, you know, at least when we, we did our lead up episodes this season, that was something that I know you pointed out that we really needed to make sure that we improved upon. I know Taylor Tolman isn't, watching the loons super closely or whatever does he's not like covering the team day to day and we may think he's annoying but maybe he's on to something right maybe maybe this team has found a way to have success in that area uh and, and it, there's evidence of it now i do want to point out my favorite moment of the game you know i'm i'm all for a little uh goofiness and uh i loved it when the whistle was blown on Jose Aja just uh, shortly before he proceeded to boot the ball down the field <laughs> and the official didn't like that very much and went over to talk to him and he, he just like points at his ears. He's like, I didn't hear the whistle. <laughs> In this, this silent stadium, <laughs> the crowd, the crowd was so loud. I just couldn't hear it. I'm sorry. <laughs> he must've just been in the zone, I guess. I right. <laughs> I love it. I love that. That was like, we're both middle school teachers. If we were to blow the whistle at recess or something like that, and a kid didn't stop and, you know, come line up with us and we went over and be like, dude, I blew the whistle. That's what they would say. I, I oh, didn't hear any whistle. <laughs> Sam, I don't know. I can't say how many times, like, you know, I have a, I have a, a booming voice and how many times I'll like, I'll make an announcement in class and a kid will be like, oh, I didn't hear you. And I'm like, are you? You're you're lying to me right now because everyone hears me. Like I can't be <laughs> quiet, Sam. Like if I'm talking, everyone in the room's gonna hear it. So <laughs> that great response, Aha. Good job. Thank you, Aha, for making sure that a you know MLS official could relate to a middle school teacher <laughs> and feel our pain a little bit. You know, maybe that guy has kids and his teachers are gonna call home about his kids and maybe. <laughs> maybe he'll connect connect the two situations and feel a little sympathy it'll be it's funny but overall man it was a physical first half minnesota was able to minimize the crew's chances despite having really barely over a third of the possession minnesota very much was a counterattacking team in this first half finley looked explosive once again but the rest of the offense and especially amaria looked pretty quiet. Yeah. Fin- Finlay is definitely, you know, I, I was texting Sam about this. I'd say that so far he's, he'd be my pick for MVP of the tournament for us. You know, it just, I, I think that our success, you know, goes so hand in hand with his ability to, to be explosive and to, to get things going on that counterattack. And it, you know, it's, it's a bummer. It's a bummer that, that Amaria, you know, hasn't been as splashy as he was before this tournament. 
you know, but maybe maybe the injury from game one, maybe that's still nagging him a little bit. He doesn't feel like he's fully back to, to 100% health. So that, that stinks, but, you know, I'm sure he'll find a way. Well, and Molino isn't playing. Molino right. hasn't been around for the past two games, and Molino really, he creates those chances. He's such an offensive threat. He's such a creative player. To not have a guy like Molino in the lineup, all of a sudden our team in general is more defensive, right? Like we've we've literally replaced him with Hassani Dotson, who we we talked about it. Like Hassani Dotson seemed to have a quiet night, but that also isn't really what Hassani Dotson is being asked to do when he's put into that position, right? Like it's not like sure. they, it's not like they just swapped him in for Molino straight up. They gave him Molino's spot in the lineup and then change the formation to put him back a little bit further. So, right, right. They're definitely there. They, you could tell that it was, they wanted to be a defensive force up the middle and that's, that's why Hassani was there. So yeah, that, that's probably part of the reason why Amaria, you know, didn't get as much opportunities, but we got, we got out of there with the W. So credit where credit is due. Like Lucas Zellerian, Jesse Zardes, not, they did not have a lot of chances. They did not have a lot of opportunities throughout the game. And we closed off that half one to zero. And then Justin, we go into the second half and we seem to park that bus pretty early. <laughs> not a lot to talk about here. Uh, the possession battle, you, you know, Minnesota continued to not really seem to care much about possession. At the same time, Columbus wasn't getting much through. Right. Jacory Hayes comes on for Dotson in the 63rd minute, which, as we, as we said, Dotson, you know, Dotson definitely seemed like he was contributing towards the defensive success Minnesota had on the night. It also seemed like he got, he got away with one or two fouls, which could have resulted in dangerous free kicks had he not gotten away with them. But Jacory Hayes is in in the 63rd minute. Which is surprising. We, we've talked, we actually talked about it on the last show, right? Like, one of the things that we've noticed about Heath is he doesn't really like to sub very early. So when I saw that, I was, is Hassani okay? Like, what's the, you know, what, like, what's the reason for such an early sub? I, I don't know. Did you hear anything? Was there any reasoning given for why Dotson went out so early? I did not. But I, I think, I think you could argue that, you know, Dotson didn't really seem to be making much of an impact other than just being pesky and getting in the way of their offensive mm. players, which I don't know if that was what his game plan was. Uh, obviously at halftime, if you remember 12 men and champion asked Adrian Heath, what his adjustments were going to be going into the second half. And Adrian Heath actually was talking about gaining more possession and <laughs> maintaining possession. And <laughs> And then they come out and they just park the bus. And maybe that just wasn't what Heath wanted. And he wanted to shift things up a little bit and thought that Jacory Hayes could, could get things going in that department a little bit. But then, of course, we face a little bit of adversity in the seventh person. <sighs> Sam. Uh, I'm, this, is the only, this is the only bad part about this whole thing, Sam. Is Roman okay? Look like a hamstring injury. And again, this is the MLS. So we don't have like Stefania Bell, you know, updating us on right. <laughs> updating us on his medical status. Right. But Marlon Harrison comes on in the 71st minute. Hopefully Ramon Metinier, you know, our, 
our lone all-star from the 2019 season. Hopefully he's back in time for San Jose. And then not long later, we have Aaron Schoenfeld and Raheem Edwards coming on for Luis Amaria and Robin Lud, respectively, in the 78th minute. Obviously, like we talked about, right, Luis Amaria, he didn't really stand out much. Maybe in their, like in, you know, Adrian Heath's mind, you know, Aaron Schoenfeld's a better guy to finish out the game. This might have been a planned sub. We've already seen this, you know, tandem before. Same with Raheem Edwards and Robin Ludd. So maybe this was going to happen no matter what. Um, get those guys in, get a chance to maybe get something going. Well, yeah, like, you, you know, big celery, Aaron Schoenfeld, he is that prototypical, uh, he is that guy that can hold the ball up front, right? He's, he's a holding player up on top. Now, Raheem Edwards, this is a pattern. We talked about this in the last episode, is that he seems to consistently come on with 10 or so minutes plus stoppage time left in place of Robin Lud. So he clearly trusts him to put the game away. I'm not exactly, I haven't quite figured out what the game plan is behind that, but Raheem Edwards is coming on to put games away, which I'm just having a little bit of trouble figuring out just because he's such a explosive player. Right. You would think Raheem Edwards would be the guy you put on when you want to sneak in a goal. Right. That's what it that's what it's felt like in the past, you know, that's the point of putting him on. And then not long after Aaron Schoenfeld and Raheem Edwards make their appearance, Jose Aha our defense had been sound just all night. And then in the 79th minute, Jose Aja makes just an unnecessary tackle. It was so bad. Ugh. And it looked like the ball was already heading away from the player when he made contact. So it didn't really even impact the game at all, but it was clearly a penalty. And Jesse Zardes gets his penalty shot. It's actually, it's blocked by Tyler Miller. <laughs> But then Zardes is right there to rebound, and the game is tied at 1-1 in the 79th minute. You know, what a great save, but he hits it right back to him. Uh, that was frustrating. You know, I was, I was actually about to text you. I, didn't, I don't think I told you this last night, Sam, but I was about to text you of how impressed I'd been with Aha, that I thought he'd play a lot, play a lot better. I think Taylor Twelman and, and John Champion also said the same thing. Like, they were like, oh, Aha's been playing really well. And then, oh my gosh, that was, that was rough. That was rough, man. And it's 1-1 in the 79th minute, and I'm like, here we go again. And here, here's what I have to say about AHA, is that Defensive Player of the Year, Ike Opara, is out. Well, in, in this tournament, four games, and I, I know that this game that we're talking about is not over yet, but we've allowed four goals in four games. That's not bad. Right. That That is not bad to That's have. That's not the- the record pace that we're, we were used to before Icopara. Right, right. <laughs> so we're, we're clearly a better defense now than we were in 2018. So it's, it, we're to the point where, yes, we want Opara. We can do more when Opara is there. We're more comfortable when Opara is there. But when he's gone, we still have an elite MLS defense. Things got kind of cool here, though, because you know, only really 10 minutes plus stoppage time left after that Zardes goal. And, you know, it was an entertaining final 10 minutes, but 
I had kind of forgotten that they weren't doing extra time in this tournament. And once the whistle blew at 90 minutes, it went into PKs. Is that format anywhere else? Like, I don't think I've ever heard that before, Sam. Is that just for this tournament? Uh, I know they've talked about doing things like that for, for example, the Carabao Cup in England, you, you know, which the Carabao Cup is not of the same prestige as the FA Cup. So I, I know they've talked about that just because you don't want to waste the fitness of your players on a cup that's not really that prestigious. But in terms of just since coronavirus, we've been worried about just the fixture congestion that these teams are facing. And if you were to have, you know, an extra half hour of extra time, then followed by PKs, you would hate to see what that could do to some of your players when you're asking them to then play again in three or four days. So I think that that's why that's in this tournament. Now that you bring that up, I wonder if the FA Cup switched to that when they resumed. I don't remember a game in the FA Cup that was not a that was not decided in regulation after uh, play resumed. I'd have to look into that. But yeah, it's the purpose is to just prevent fatigue. But yeah, no extra time in this tournament, and our Minnesota United penalty takers are lining up for a shootout against Columbus's backup goalkeeper, Andrew Tarbell, who, to his credit, just played great against Atlanta in the match before. Of course, he put up a clean sheet, right? Right. You know, just a quick rundown of how penalties went. Ozzy went first. He got his 1-0. Fernando Abdi, he responds, and now it's 1-1. Gregush he comes on second, he gets his 2-1. But then Pedro Santos responds and it's 2-2. Then we bring out Big Celery, Aaron Schoenfeld. He gets his 3-2. And then Tyler Miller. Oh boy. The beautiful man with the sweet mustache. Oh. He blocks Chris Calden and it remains 3-2 in favor of Minnesota United. That was fantastic. Did you see the the gif that like everyone was reposting yeah. of him, him like taking two fingers and you know outlining his his beautiful mustache? <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Prior to seeing the gif, and this just shows you I'm not very observant, but I didn't notice the mustache prior to seeing the oh. gif. But then Raheem Edwards comes on, he gets his. It's four two. Then, of course, Lucas Zellerian keeps Columbus alive, makes it 4-3. But that's when Chase Gasper, he wins it for us, 5-3. I, I hope FIFA took note and increased his rating a little bit, at least I, in penalties. Know, that was fantastic. You know, it, it's it's really good for Chase to get that opportunity. It's I mean, it's, it's, our, it's tough to defend a free kick. You know, that's obviously why most of them go in, it seems. But big spot, you know, to know that if you get this in, your team moves on and ice, ice in his veins, Chase, Chase kicks it in and he didn't even get hyped or anything, right? He just kind of stood around for a little bit and then they all swarmed him. <laughs> they all swarmed him and uh, sang a little Wonderwall in the locker room. That was, oh, that clip. I saw that when I saw that on Twitter, that was fantastic. Yeah. You know, and, and seeing the new guys joining in and stuff and, 
Fantastic. Fantastic. It was funny too. Like you could tell there are a decent number of those players that don't know the words to the song. <laughs> <laughs> they just kind of move this swaying, swaying and move yep. their hands. Yep. Not, <laughs> not big Oasis fans, I guess. But. <laughs> and yeah, Justin, that brings us to a very busy Saturday because, uh, Remember, the FA Cup final is already on Saturday at 1130 Central. But Did you think about this before you, you planned the, I guess you didn't plan the FA Cup, but because we're going to be doing a show on Saturday, you know, did you, did you know that we would have, our game would be right afterwards? I did. I did not. I, I didn't, you, you know, I, I'm not a count your chickens before they hatch kind of guy. That's so true. That's true. That's, that's, that's valid. That's valid. So I didn't look into when potential fixtures would be, but I I mean, here's the thing, like it's the FA cup final and it's between my team and then the team of our two most capped guests on the show, like (laughs) between Jeremy and James, like they're big arsenal fans. I'm a big Chelsea fan. Like how do we not take advantage of that situation and just allow us to nerd out a little bit about the FA cup? I guess my my wife would probably say that she wishes I wouldn't have made that commitment. <laughs> Whatever. It's going to be great. It's going to be a nice little Saturday. It's going to be great. <laughs> Got a nice little Saturday plan. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Home Depot. Maybe I don't bed, know if we'll have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But Saturday, 7 p.m., ESPN2, San Jose. That's That's great because that's when my daughter goes to bed. So... <laughs> no more no more nine o'clock games we'll just stick with yeah. sevens from here yeah. that'd be nice yeah and i love when some of these things are after she goes to bed because then i don't have any guilt right <laughs> <laughs> like the fa cup i'm gonna be feeling guilt when we record the podcast i'm gonna be feeling guilt <laughs> I should do it again. and you know for the fa cup she can be with me in the room maybe i'll do that Maybe I'll try to schedule nap time during the FA Cup, too. Do you have a scarf for her? Do you have a Chelsea scarf that she can wear during the game? No, we had a Chelsea onesie for her, but she's in 18-month clothing now. And the Chelsea onesie, which, thank you, Chad. (laughs) The Chelsea onesie, she outgrew. She was able to wear it for most of the season, but she has now outgrown it. But I did break down and I did buy the set of three onesies from Minnesota United that they sell at Target. I was always hesitant, of course, because one of those ones that <laughs> my first Minnesota United season. And I was like, this isn't her first. People will know. People will know that I'm a fraud. <laughs> <My daughter. laughs> she's clearly over a year old, right? Like they're going to think she's bandwagoning, right? <laughs> oh, who was your team last year? Which onesie were you wearing last year? Were you wearing an Atlanta, Atlanta United onesie before this season? Oh, Tell me the Minnesota truth. Minnesota United fan since Joseph Martinez tore his ACL. <laughs> the bandwagon's open, guys. Jump <laughs> on it. We don't even care. Join us for this ride. <laughs> it might be one more week. It might be two more weeks. You know, It might be three. It might be three. <laughs> but the bandwagon's ready for you. Just socially distance while you're on the bandwagon and wear a mask. Yep, indeed. But yeah, San Jose, Saturday, 7 p.m. on ESPN2. 
So similar to Columbus, they've been like the surprise informed team of the tournament. After their opening 0-0 draw to Seattle, they have three straight wins against Vancouver, who sucks, Chicago, <laughs> who sucks, and shout out, shout out Francisco Calvo. Shout out <laughs> Francisco Calvo, giving up goals, giving up goals and being terrible at defense. <laughs> and then, of course, on Monday, they had a round of 16 win over Real Salt Lake. I think the big story for this game will be how does Minnesota United play San Jose now that Matias Almeida's man marking system appears to finally be clicking? Because this does not seem to be the same San Jose team that we defeated for the third consecutive time last March. Like Almeida has been doing this man marking thing for a while. Tactically, Adrian Heath has seemed to have a good way to figure this out, but now they seem to be clicking a little bit more. This high energy system, this intense system where players are just running up and down the field for 90 minutes. It seems like the team is finally ready to carry that out. Yeah, I read a I read a great article that Sam pointed me to that talked about how Almeida's mentor is is Marcelo Bielsa of my you know lifetime favorite Premier League team, Leeds United, and, th- and th- they talked a lot about how this is a this is a system that takes a while to click. You know, it takes a, it takes a couple of years, but once you get buy in from your players, you know it can be it can be such a great system for your team and you'll have tremendous success. You know, you just have to have consistent players that stick with the system. You can't have a lot of turnover. It's the same group of guys. And if you can get them a couple years that that once it's clicks, it's going to be great. And, you know, Leeds, Leeds has seen that and that's what's helped them get themselves back to the Premier League. And the players of San Jose, the article which was in the Athletic, you know, talked about a bunch of players, you know, moving positions you know, guys that were were midfielders that became wings, guys that were forwards that became midfielders, you know, people that that found a new spot to play because it's what fit the system and they're buying in and they're having that success and they're seeing those returns. It's great for them. Makes me a little nervous because it, it was nice to think about them being the pushover they were in the past. But, you know, if you're going to win the tournament, you got to be the best and we got to get through them if we're going to be the best. Yeah, absolutely. Right now, San Jose is coming in confident. They're coming in happy, like they're having fun in this MLS bubble. They have a budding star in Justin's favorite Bloomingtonian, um, Jackson Yule, who Justin always likes to point out, United were linked to in the 2017 Super Draft before taking Abu Dunladi number one overall instead. It hurts, Sam. I would have that jersey. That's that would be my jersey because you know he's the Minnesota guy, you know. It, no, it's it's awesome to see him having success, have him kind of climbing the ladder and, and getting known and recognized nationally. You know, he's had a chance to play several times for the national team. It is unfortunate though that we have to play him because I don't want him to win this week. I'm excited to see how this system runs up against Minnesota, which, as we have seen in this tournament, even without Ike Opara. This is still a very stingy defense that has only allowed an average of one goal per game in this entire tournament. And, you know, it's easy to forget when you're watching Minnesota United is that MLS soccer is not it's it's not this low scoring game like the European game is. 
but with Minnesota, it is. Minnesota has a stingy defense, but you know, watching watching the replays of San Jose's games, it's fun. There are chances. There, right. there, there are goals. Where Minnesota, on the other hand, if not for the mistake by Aha leading up to the Columbus penalty, they could have held the informed team of the tournament scoreless as they limited them to so few chances. All, all I can really add is hopefully Ramon Metinier is back and healthy. And if he's, if he's not, hopefully Marlon Harrison's up for the task. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think that Ramon, you know, I think that that was one of the things that was, was great about playing this man marking system is that he's just so all over the place. So whoever's on him just has to work 10 times harder. It seems than, than they would normally, you know, against, against a, a right back. So uh, hopefully he can get he can be healthy and you know because he's so huge him and him and Finlay on that right side is just a great combination so I think we're at our best when we have that ability to to link those guys up so hopefully he's healthy so we can keep it going all right are you ready for the big CF oh yeah I you know I love a good big CF writing our club day football writing the notes for our club day football <laughs> this one was making me smile because. <laughs> Well, I, I, I'm not going to give anything away, but there were parts of this that really made me smile. So anyway, the MLS regular season is going to be back. Wait, wait, wait. The MLS regular season is back? <laughs> yep. The MLS regular season is back. Are they going to call it that? They're going to have a cool tagline for, for that? <laughs> I hope so. I, I really hope so. At this time, you at this point, you kind of should just because why not, right? I, I like it when people uh, have have fun with things, you, you know, make make jokes at the expense of themselves. I, I like right, that. exactly. You, you know, before we go further, I just want to say all the information we're discussing here was originally reported by the Athletic, and then various local uh, sources picked up the story around the country. But oh, <laughs> and is, do we do we know if this is official or is this all just inside information? I mean, it was in the Athletic. So, so is, is the athletic continuing their ways of postings, like <laughs> quit, quit leaking information to the athletic? I guess I didn't think about that. But. Just no, keep on I, leaking it. I was too distracted by the fact that they're treating this like a Marvel movie and they have phase one and phase two. <laughs> so it's like the MLS regular season cinematic universe. <laughs> Phase three, profit. You know? <laughs> that was the underpants gnomes. <laughs> and in that case, we wouldn't know what phase two was. But for the MLS's back tournament, we know we know what phase two is. <laughs> so phase one, we have the MLS's back tournament final on August 11th. And then the regular season is back. Those games will kick off on August 22nd. And within phase one, each team in the MLS will play six games between August 22nd and September 16th. But here is the awesome part, though. <laughs> is the Canadian teams are only going to play each other for those six games. Did we call this? I think we called this, right? We did, but as a joke. <laughs> uh, you again. <laughs> <laughs> so... The, the three Canadian teams are going to play the other two Canadian teams three times each. So that's they should, they should They should do like an unofficial Canadian cup where they just have like a table for those games. 
And whichever team gets the most points is the Supreme Canadian team. <laughs> they get they get like a, a, a vat of maple syrup or something. Yeah, get to go visit Trudeau. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. You ready for phase two? Oh, I'm, I'm so ready for phase two. So phase two, 12 games will take place between September 16th and November 8th. So this will bring the total post-Orlando matches to 18 matches over 11 weeks, which we knew that was going to happen. Right, right. right. That was what's going to ha- That was what always is going to have to happen. Phase two is going to wrap up with each team playing a total of 23 regular season matches. Once you add the opening two that happened before COVID or before the, the lockdown anyway, plus the, the three group state matches in Orlando that are counting towards the regular season. And then here's another ridiculous thing that we called is that Dallas and Nashville, because they didn't play in Orlando, <laughs> they get to play each other three times. <laughs> you again, are they just going to ex- in succession? Like just like up oh, just another week, just us playing against each other again. Well, and I don't know, like they might even, this is three additional times. They might already be scheduled to play each other a different time. I, It'll be a new rivalry. They'll, they'll get a rivalry out of this. Yeah. The, <laughs> The, the, like, I don't know. What's a funny way of, you know, like the COVID cup dropouts? Yeah. (laughs) The COVID cup dropout. Someone can do a parody of beauty school dropout or something. I don't know. There you go. Besides the Canadian mess and the Dallas Nashville mess, all of these games after the Orlando tournament will take place within the conferences. So that's cool. And then, yeah, the phase two wraps up November 8th. And then there's a little bit of time before the playoffs start on November 20th, which I don't know. This is just speculation, but I'm assuming that that's because they anticipate that some makeup games may need to take place between the 8th and the 20th. I don't know. Maybe some delays. Yeah, yeah we'll see. I think that's flu season, isn't it? Isn't it, Sam? I don't, I don't know. But yeah, the playoffs will start on November 20th and the final will take place on December 12th. We talked about this, I think, with Nate, actually, episodes ago, episodes and episodes ago. They've expanded the playoffs to 18 teams, nine from each conference that make the playoffs. And of course, the MLS has 26 teams. So that means only eight teams will miss the playoffs. We might have already clinched. I'm not sure. <laughs> do we? Yeah. Do we have enough points? Maybe. <laughs> and you know, you know, I want to bring up. Who knows if there will actually be any home field advantage? I, we saw in Germany and some of those leagues that home field advantage wasn't as big of a thing. Of of course, no one likes traveling, but I don't know. I was just spitballing a possible format that would maybe. And again, this is speculation. It would maybe reward the teams that finish higher in their conference by giving a couple of buys. So round one could be seeds six through nine. And then round two could be seeds two through five plus the two round one winners. Round three could be seed one plus the three round two winners. And then, of course, you have the conference finals for round four and the MLS Cup final for round five. So typically the playoff format would be four rounds. This would just add an additional round to take in those extra teams. And it would give you a little a little something-something for finishing in the top five in your conference. 
yeah, I could I could see them trying to come up with something to spice it up a little bit, uh, you know, because I think I think expanding the playoffs. We talked about this before too. I, I think it, it it waters down the waters down the play a little bit because if you know you're in, you know why why push to get a higher seed? Because you know as it goes right now, traditionally what it's only the the top team is the only team that gets a buy, right? Um, so you know if you could find a way to incentivize higher standings, it makes sense to me. Yeah, we'll see. Well, anyway, Justin, that is all we have for today. But don't worry, because we have a lot coming up, more, more than we can handle. So a special edition of Pod on You Loons will be recorded on Saturday, August 1st, following the FA Cup final, and will be published shortly after. Between James and myself, one of us will be very happy, and the other one of us will be sulky. I'll try to do a good job, you know, being a good mediator of of the arguments that will ensue. We're going to need it. (laughs) Shortly after we record the FA Cup episode, which James's gaming schedule is getting in the way. James has a heavy gaming schedule that day, too. I don't even understand that world. I always thought you just logged in and got to play at any time. He actually schedules his games out. But James is, a, James is a gamer, and he will be gaming like all day on August 1st in between the FA Cup and Minnesota United's match against San Jose Earthquakes. So we're going to be recording the episode literally right before the Minnesota United match starts. 7 p.m., quarterfinal match between Minnesota United and the San Jose Earthquakes. Hopefully we are so jacked and psyched that Justin and I want to hop on here and record immediately after. Otherwise, we might fall asleep crying watching Tiger King. I don't know. <laughs> I did, Sam. Th- there is, and I can't remember the name of it. I, I you know, I, I feel like a bad Leeds United fan, but there's actually like a, there's a series, you know, it's, it's only like six episodes or so that, that followed their season last year, you know, online. I think it, it, it's on Amazon. Okay. It's called, uh, it's called Leeds United Take Us Home. It's, you know, it's a, yeah, a six-part documentary series, so, you know, that, that kind of talks about their run last year, which ended up, they ended up falling short of promotion last year, which was, was one of the reasons why this year is sweet. But, you know, if anything, you know, obviously I want us to win, but maybe we could talk about that. There you go. There you go. We're going <laughs> to, we're not going to need to talk about that, though, because we're, <laughs> we're, gonna win. we're going for the cup. So, all right. It's been fun. It's been real. Pot on you loons. Go get them quakes. Pot on you loons. Peace out. See ya.